you just went in for a screening process, right, recently? I did. I went in for my Welcome to Fabulous 40 screening process, which is a mammogram. Mm-hmm. And how was that process if you don't mind? <laughs> it is, it is, I I had it way worse in my head. Uh-huh. Um, I do think women should still, like, I was talking to one of my friends, and she's like, yeah, you know, I've I've heard, like, some women will just, like, do like a girl's trip where like a bunch of them will get like back-to-back appointments and Uh then they go out and like have brunch, like celebrate it. I'm not laughing at the idea. I just think that's interesting. It's not painful like unless you have, I would guess like if you have a problem, obviously it's painful. Um, Maybe size matters. Mm -hmm. I have decently sized chesticles Mm -hmm. and they are pretty easy to maneuver. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> I feel like that was helpful. Gosh, I can tell it's, you what's going to be the preview is, part of this podcast. It is. You're listening to the Addicted to Fitness podcast, brought to you by Elemental Training Tampa. Now, here's your hosts, Nick and Shannon Birch. Thanks for stopping by and checking out another edition of the Addicted to Fitness podcast. We are only 99 episodes away from episode number 500. Oh, gosh. This is episode 401. Uh, Hopefully, you guys listened to last week's monumental or milestone episode, number 400. And now we're getting back into... uh, uh, on the quest for 500. So mm-hmm. uh, this week we're going to talk about some really important, I would say, statistics and have a conversation about um, something that, uh, a health issue that I think is probably very, I would say, important in pretty much everybody's life. Uh, even if you haven't been infected, infected, if you haven't been affected by it directly, you probably have known somebody that's dealt with cancer and the repercussions of that. So we're going to have a conversation about that and really specifically kind of why we should really uh, uh, be be uh, more kind of aware of the preventative measures that go into uh, cancer and how to maybe avoid it. So uh, before we do that, we want to thank you guys for listening for over 400 episodes starting today. Um, we really appreciate it. Um, please, if you haven't done so already, give us the ratings and reviews. We really do want to push those, and we push them every week because that can uh, not only boost our visibility uh, when people search for fitness and health podcasts, but also it gives us uh, the kind of the feedback we need to make the podcast better. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really appreciate those. Um, also, I suggest you go to addictedtofitness.lipson.com because that is the only place you can find all 400 episodes. You know, Apple Podcasts only has the last 100. I believe Spotify is the same thing. But if you go to addicted.lipson.com, uh, sorry, addictedtofitness.lipson.com, you will find all 400. So please do so that. Please do that. And last but not least, Follow us on Instagram at the ATF Podcast. Mm-hmm. So, with all that bookkeeping, Ooh. not bookkeeping. Ooh. What would you call that? Kind of um, like, uh, like busy work out of the way. I don't know what we call the the the, the stuff in the beginning of the podcast. Um, my brain's blanking. I'm probably the same word you are. Bookkeeping? No. No book. <laughs> 
it's not bookkeeping. No. We're not we're not doing any kind of Anywho, accounting. But we're gonna go into training recaps now. Yes, we've gotten we've gotten the necessary thing. Sure. Sure. Necessary it's going to come back out. to us in approximately 15 minutes. So yeah. we'll yell at Al we'll when scream it comes it to us. And the people that are probably yelling at the phone right now. Like, you dum-dums, why you can, can't you think of this word? Know, you can kind of go ahead and keep that. Or you could put that in your rating review when you uh, give us a rating. They couldn't even think of <laughs> this word. <laughs> so training recaps. How was training for you this week? Uh, it was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it was what it needed to be. I did. I did a... Pretty intense strength workout kind of to start the week and did some more gentle things like I did yoga, um, then I did spinning and just like a little, I don't even know if you call it like a hit workout, but really just some basic things. Mm-hmm. And I will say that that early week strength workout it was like one of those that hit muscles that you really haven't pushed that far recently. And I could feel all the muscles in my legs, my butt. They were they were aching. So the the second half of the week, I was a little bit tender. I was a little bit uh gentle on how I moved and sat. But it was it was okay. Like it was good, actually. I was glad that I pushed myself. Uh, I know you got those dumbbells recently. Uh, how are they working out for? Did you use them? I did. During your strength, how's it working out for you? Great. So it's just it's nice. Like I love kettlebells. They are one of my favorite pieces of workout equipment. But it's nice to have a balance, mm-hmm. you know, and to have like I don't have. A full collection of dumbbells. If you've been listening for a bit, you might have heard us say in one of the more recent episodes, I was really pumped that I got these because it's a 15 and an 8 pound. I really feel like I actually do need that 10 pound in between to kind of round them out. Mm-hmm. But they're they're good weights because I've got, I think we have like a we have a 15 pound kettlebell. Or is it 20 yeah, pounds? 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. 20 pound kettlebell and then like a 35 pound kettlebell. Yep. That 35 pound kettlebell doesn't get a lot of work by me on a regular basis because that sucker is heavy. Mm-hmm. But if I use the two, I use the 215s and I did squats, it's not that far off. It was only five pounds shorter from sure. the other kettlebell. Yep. But yet that made the difference for me, like having the balance be in two hands at mm-hmm. my shoulders mm-hmm. versus something, you know, kind of one centered weight. I felt like I had more control with like where I was in my fitness. I liked that. So like there is a real benefit to having some variety in your in your weights in yeah. particular. I agree. But it was still like I like the nimbleness of the the dumbbells as well. Nimble. It's nimble, you know, like you're, you use a big one single barbell. It's kind of the same situation. Like you're, you're stuck with your movement, you know, and for your wrist's sake and everything else, you've got to be pretty precise in how you handle that thing. The smaller dumbbells is just a lot more freedom. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think the, there, I think dumbbells are much more user-friendly. They're more, a broader, 
group of people can use them than just kettlebells. You know, not that kettlebells are terribly difficult to use, but I think they um, are slightly more challenging than dumbbells, or it can be. They can be. I mm-hmm. think Especially kettlebells. Yeah, I think kettlebells. They put your your center of weight has to drastically shift when you've got a kettlebell versus dumbbells because you can hold that that balance on both sides. Whereas kettlebell, it's just all in one. So you either got it like on your chest or you've got it down like, you know, you're holding it down. It's just a different thing than having weights that you can, you know, push up. Right. I mean, you can rack a kettlebell, but like you said, you have one kettlebell. I know. Yeah. Right. I only have doubles, one. Yeah, if you yeah. had two, yeah, right. it'd be if different. If you had doubles, but... it'd be different. But it's also, even then, it's the weight distribution is different. Yes. Even if you have two kettlebells that are the same weight opposed to dumbbells. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's it definitely dumbbells are a little bit more user-friendly than kettlebells. Just takes, I think it takes more, a little bit more skill, a little bit more kind of a, yeah. Uh, um, experience to do Manage it, yeah but anywho my training thanks for asking uh was <laughs> great this past week um i got two jujitsus in two jujitsu 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 uh workouts in uh got a really uh good strength training session in got a peloton in and uh got a sauna session in so Ooh. um everything was really uh a peaking this this week i felt really good felt really back into a rhythm this week body felt pretty good and my shoulder was touch and go you know i think i mentioned in last week's podcast i was making a my one of my intentions or res- really goals of this year was to get uh um acupuncture done on a weekly basis and so far, I think I'm two for two, or maybe three for three. This might have been the third week, I believe. I believe. Yeah. Um, um, you know, and uh, my shoulder felt good some days and bad some days. So it was kind of, you know, it was a. Uh, so far, it's definitely I'd say it's improvement because there hasn't been uh, just constant pain every single day. It's just been some days it's felt great, some days it's not so great. So yeah. I'm hoping we can just keep work, working on that and building on that. So um, we're looking for another good week of training uh, since we're going out of town next week and for a little uh, vacay, mm-hmm. um, a little just uh, weekend getaway. So I'm looking to kind of. Uh, Get some good, uh, good, uh, a good training week in before we head out of town. So now on to the main topic of discussion. We are uh, tackling the topic of cancer. So this is going to be a quick, easy episode. Uh, just <laughs> obviously, yes, real life. Um, I always, uh, you know, so Shannon brought me brought uh, to my attention that she saw an article recently about. Um, how uh, cancer rates, how cancer death rates are going down, but the prevalence of cancer, people who are, you know, getting cancer is going up. So I thought that was a kind of an interesting concept to discuss. Um, and uh, it's really something that we actually, myself personally, touched on a few months ago when we interviewed um, my friend and client and oncologist, Dr. Salvan Shah. Um, he made the kind of the same comments about how, you know, treatments are uh, becoming such more, uh, almost more customized for people um, as far as cancer treatments that they're seeing so much more success out of the treatment of preventing death. 
Um, so, and, and the numbers reflect that. I think the, it just came out with, uh, uh, the American Cancer Association just came out with their, uh, their annual report. And it says that, that cancer deaths continue to decline in the United States with more than four million, more, with more than four million deaths prevented since 1991, a new report says. Um, ah, also in the report though, um, more people are developing cancer, as we just mentioned earlier. Yeah. New cancer diagnoses are projected to top 2 million for the first time in 2024, up from 1.9 million last year. Uh, also, another kind of disturbing trend is that cancer patients are getting younger. So I remember discussing this with Dr. Shaw. Um, obviously, I think some of these numbers are being produced by the fact that more people are getting screenings done. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that's, it, it might be a, not that it's a good thing that these numbers are going up. It's just that we are catching it sooner, you know, because people are getting more information about the importance of screening and they're actually changing some of the ages of when the people should get the screenings done. And I think it's actually a byproduct of some of these numbers. You know, I, yeah. uh, I think, you know, previously probably before the last couple of years, um, you know, the age to get uh, kind of a, uh, a colon um, screening for colon cancer was 50. And mm-hmm. now it recently dropped down to 45. Yep. Um, the reason being, I think this, this art, one of the articles that we saw, I think they said colon cancer was the leading cause of cancer death in younger men and number the number one cause of cancer death in younger men and is second in women only to breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they even talk about if you have a family history of color, colorectal cancer in your family, you're supposed to get the screening done when you're 40. So it's like, guess yeah. you guess you're 40 this year. Do you, yeah. do you have a history of it? Yeah, I don't don't believe so. I got to, you know, the only... So I remember that, that pharmaceutical ad, that like drug ad, it's like you use it but it's the same thing. They reminded people about how you use this, like, I don't know if it's a, I think it's like an at-home, not at-home Well, it could be test. if it's a fecal test. It might be an at-home yeah. test. But it's it's something about preventative. Mm-hmm. And they said, like, if you have a family history, you start at 40. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's uh, something we also found in our research is that now the screening process, obviously, I mean, do you just went in for a screening process, right, recently? I did. I went in for my Welcome to Fabulous 40 screening process, which is a mammogram. Mm-hmm. And how was that process, if you don't mind? It is. It is. I I had it way worse in my head. Uh-huh. Um, I do think women should still, like, I was talking to one of my friends, and she's like, yeah, you know, I've. I've heard like some women will just like do like a girl's trip where like a bunch of them will get like back to back appointments and uh-huh. then they go out and like have brunch, like celebrate okay. it. I'm not laughing at it the is, idea. I just think that's it is interesting. Not, it's not painful. Like unless you have, I would guess like if you have a problem, obviously it's painful. Um, maybe size matters. Mm-hmm. I, I have decently sized chesticles mm-hmm. and they are pretty easy to maneuver. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, <laughs> I feel like that was helpful. Gosh, I can tell it's, you what's going to be the preview is, part of this podcast. It is so, it is such an awkward test, though, because, like, someone else is maneuvering them mm -hmm. and then squishing them in a machine and, like, you can't move. You can't even breathe during, like, the the picture, mm -hmm. x-ray. And there's one where your face is, like, you're, you're just smushed up against plastic. And you're at this, like, weird angle. And you can't breathe. And you're just like, this is awkward. This is really awkward. Like, you're smushed up against, like face against a window you know so we're, what we're saying is screening is not a problem folks <laughs> it yeah is it may be a little weird for some of them um but it i i ended up actually striking up a very good conversation with my technician mm -hmm. she's very nice we both discovered we had a shared passion for shoes and certain types of shoes so I mean, I, th I thought it was overall enjoyable. She had candles. She had scents. She'd made it as relaxing as possible in that room. But it is just not, it's just not a relaxing test. It's, it's, I mean, I honestly think it's better than going like to your gyno, which, oh, by the way, I had that appointment afterwards. Um, so, I mean, for all of the ladies that have done that, mammogram is just more awkward mm -hmm. yeah i mean and i think uh the the real moral of the story is yes they're awkward the screens might be awkward and it kind of depends who you are because i imagine if you want to kind of you shouldn't compare but uh you know from what i've heard the colorectal exam you know when you have oh, to yeah. do a digital exam um it could be somewhat uh uh uncomfortable uncomfortable for males, right yeah uh so but i think there are some um new uh like i said new i guess methods used uh that include like fecal tests and stuff that can help kind of i think indicate if you need to go in and get the colorectal exam done earlier than normal so well, and even in like breast cancer and things there's new screenings being developed right like i've I've heard of companies that have new technology right. that it's it's not, not the that old same. Mammogram. So there's hope for the future. Right. Sadly, mammograms have not changed that much for a long time for mm -hmm. mainstream what's covered by insurance. Yeah. But I mean there there are other screenings out there. Right. So So I mean I would once again just go back guys in in October early of October of last year, 2023, listen to the conversation with Dr. Shaw. Um, he'll go into more details and stuff. But um, I think the, especially talking about the topic about the prevalence or the increase of um, basically cancer, of cancer diagnosis um, as a kind of a troubling trend, um, what could be the causes? I mean, that's, um, I think that we talked about this with Dr. Shaw, but I think we look at the things like um, one of the big, busy, biggest influence of cancer is smoking, mm -hmm. you know, but I know smoking has been like really kind of been reduced over the last several decades here in the United States, you know, the yeah. prevalence of smoking, smoking. But what is not is actually the numbers that has increased is obesity. 
Right. You know, so, I mean, I think you could, and they're still developing what's really the cause or kind of the cause is behind this um, prevalence in cancer, um, incidence of cancer. But, I mean, I think some of the health issues that are associated with obesity are definitely linked to probably higher instances of cancer. Yeah, and, you know, there's there's been things, even looking down, like, into the genetics, like, you probably heard, um, you know, there's there's tests available where you can go in and based on your genes, mm-hmm. your, the markers in your genes, you can find out what you are more susceptible to mm-hmm. based off of, you know, the existing genetic markers and mutations. So, sure. like, learning about um, that, learning about how, you know, a lot of cancers are because of mutations in our genes, right? What causes mutations in our genes, it's, it usually um, is impacted by like constant stress on the body, Mm -hmm. which is usually starts as inflammation and then progresses to, you know, more chronic situation. So really it comes down to most likely, like if you're looking at basic, like we're talking, we're just going broad category pollution of our bodies so you know the things that we're consuming Mm -hmm. and metabolizing or pollution of our environment i work on a client that is all about cleaning water one of the biggest things that they've been facing this past year has been pfas yeah the forever chemicals that have been used in manufacturing for decades most like not most, there's there's hundreds and thousands of these things, but they've only found, like their study has really just begun on this, but they're finding more and more that they're real bad. Oh, yeah. And that these are things that have absolutely permeated every corner of the globe. It's it's permeated our water. It's It's permeated our ground. It is now in living tissue, meaning plants, animals, us, and absolutely the like preliminary studies, they haven't even done like that much extensive studies. They found that this stuff is is poison in our bodies. So we're consuming poisoned food and we have it in ourselves. And all of our like natural key elements um, or natural key substances air water well specifically water that also has it in it so we are now in a situation where what we eat and how we are is poisoned that has an impact i yes i wholeheartedly agree like environment and lifestyle like you just said the environmental environment inside your body and the environment outside your body it definitely has an effect on it and i think over the last couple decades it's definitely those things have definitely influenced the prevalence of cancer. well that let's take a flashback to 2020 when we we reported on studies to anxiety 
they were like at historical highs. I mean, granted, how how much were they testing them? But that was one of the biggest awakenings during that time period was people's anxiety levels. Anxiety causes stress on our body mm-hmm. and exacerbates inflammation, right. which left unchecked, which absolutely it is. And I said at that time, just based off that, I said, we're going to see an increase in chronic illness right. in the coming years because yep. this time period is going to have long-term ramifications. Right. So, and like you said, I guess we're starting to see that those initial increases right now with the studies like this. So yeah. I know not trying to be Debbie Downers, just trying to present the information to you so you guys can make hopefully educated choices or educated decisions to hopefully avoid becoming a statistic. And like Shannon said, I think there is sometimes when you do have genetic predisposition to some things, but lifestyle definitely has an influence on whether you can develop things like cancer or any other chronic disease. Your lifestyle definitely has an effect on it, okay? So I'm not telling you you shouldn't just say, all right, give it up. Why, why even try? Right. I don't think that's the mentality we should have for anything. You should say now, hey, I can have a positive you know, effect on essentially mitigating my chances of getting something like cancer if I try to live, I, want, I don't want to say a proper lifestyle, but live a more kind of, I would say, clean such a weird word anyways, because it's hard to, it's just a, I think, you got to be cognizant of your health and fitness. Yeah. You know, and getting proper screenings is part of that. Getting regular doctor visits is part of that. You know, getting your blood work done to see what vitamins and nutrients you're deficient in is part of that. Uh, exercise regularly, eat healthy, um, which I know that's it's hard to do with kind of the available food sources we have now, but it can't, it's, it's not all for naught. You definitely have to put effort in in order to help your chances to fight chronic diseases diseases that are yeah. including cancer. Well, and I will say one thing. We'll do a separate episode on this, but um, self advocacy with your with your doctors super important. Mm-hmm. Which means starting by educating yourself, knowing what your risk is for things, knowing what your what and how your body feels so that when something's not right, sadly, you know, there are some amazing doctors. You just, we talked about a a discussion with one recently, but there are a lot of doctors also that sadly I've come across in my personal experience. I know for a fact other people have, they will dismiss a a patient's, you know, well, this felt wrong or this didn't feel right. And they talk to so many people, you have to advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you are the one. You can't put it all on your doctor. If you feel like something's wrong, you have to push. Be the thorn in the side. Get the screenings and the tests you need. Like I said, this is a big thing. I would love to explore this in another episode because I think it's a it's a new sort of approach for a lot of people to their healthcare, especially. 
but it's so important. Mm -hmm. And I think particularly with cancer, it is absolutely something that we have to do. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So let's put a pin in that for now. I think it's a good kind of uh, introduction to a broader conversation. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully you guys get some new information, got some new information about that, and hopefully you're inspired to maybe schedule that screening that you've been putting off or putting it on the schedule for when you hit the big 4 or big 4-5 or big 5-0, whenever you're, the, 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 the day may be coming, whenever you're supposed to get that scheduled screening. So um, onward to what's got us pumped. Yes. I know what's Shif got me pumped. Shifting into more just positive things. Yeah. What's got me pumped might have you pumped also. Okay, you go ahead. So I tried it for the first time. We did it in bed last night. Wow, this is scandalous. I didn't realize we were getting this like... And it involves tape. Wow. <laughs> wow. So I tried wow. mouth taping. Okay, if you guys listened <laughs> this last is, week, last this year. This is not a form of S&M, folks. Last year. Easy, easy. Keep it PG. You I'm just saying. You talked about squishing just, your boob earlier. I'm just saying. Okay. Hey, that was medical. Okay. <laughs> um, that uh, last year I did a little solo podcast about mouth taping. Um, and so I was, uh, I was inspired by listening to another podcast. You know, Shannon uh, made a very interesting, con well, a uh, uh, somewhat of a d direct or indirect comment about my snoring last week. Um, she asked yeah. me why I wasn't Waking wearing up. why I wasn't wearing nasal strips anymore. I used to wear those breathe right strips on my nose. Um, I didn't know if they helped or not. Obviously, I can't hear. Sometimes Shannon, I mean, she said, I guess they're better than nothing, right? Yep. So. Yep. Absolutely. I was like, all right, I'll go buy some new ones, right? So I was, uh, Friday, I was uh, had a busy day, and I knew I had to go out and buy something, but it kind of lost. I fell out of my brain. Um, and I was listening to a podcast, and they started talking about uh, mouth taping. So I was like, oh, I forgot. I got to write the breathe, right, the breathe Right strips. And then, so the podcast also inspired me to get some tape to tape my mouth shut while I sleep. So mm -hmm. guys, go back and listen to the podcast. But if you need a quick synopsis, 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 it's exactly how it sounds. You put a piece of tape vertically over your mouth to essentially keep your mouth closed at night to basically train your body to breathe through its nose while you sleep. Because typically most snoring happens due to your mouth falling open, your tongue falling back in your uh, throat. Now, there are some people that have serious sleep apnea uh, where mouth taping probably not a good idea. Um, we actually, yeah. I mentioned that on the podcast. Um, I don't believe I have that. Um, I have no other real symptoms Dear associated gosh, with sleep not. apnea. Um, so uh, that I tried it for the first time and I did not hate it. I will say that. Yay. You know, Shannon said she didn't notice any snoring until this morning. Yeah. I did take it off the earlier this morning when Dave came off. our daughter kind of woke us up this uh, in the middle of the night. And I didn't know if, uh, Three times. you know, carrying her to bed with a piece of tape over my would mouth would freak have, her out. Yeah, that probably would freak her out. So uh, I'm going to keep going and I'll give you guys an update next week 
I'm going to do the week after that about how it's going. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll be the one giving the yeah, update. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, maybe that's what you're pumped about next time. All right, so what's your pump right now about? Uh, what's your pump about? What's your pump about? I am very pumped that we made it through our first children's Gasparilla Parade, which is one of the largest children's parades in the country. It's, pretty extensive, I will say. It go was ahead, give a it a more of a description for those people not in the Tampa area. Two hours. Two hours of floats and people throwing beads and other items, including but not limited to food, jewelry, candy, which is like a separate category of food mm. in my mind, and um, toys. And it was, I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. It's a lot of people. We went, thankfully, some friends had um, access to a ticketed area of, there's, this is a, this is a parade that stretches like a nine mile strip of road on the bay in Tampa. And um, I actually used to work this event for a client for five years. They were the presenting sponsor, and I helped a team of probably six people manage um, this event for our clients. So I kind of got burnt out of it, and I got a little negative on it because I saw all the hardest and worst parts of that, that event. Um, it is the first, I will also say it is the first Gasparilla event or event of the Gasparilla season. So the very end of the parade that night, uh, is the spirit of Gasparilla, which is a pirate ship. This is all pirate themed folks. In case you're really curious, you can look into the Gasparilla history for Tampa. It's just a made up holiday, but it was genius. Um, the pirate ship comes out, the fireworks go off, and that is the official start of the Gasparilla season here in Tampa, which goes for months. Mm. Months, not four months. It goes on four months. Mm. And I I honestly don't know like that there's an official end because essentially there's Gasparilla events like yeah. all the rest of the year. Right. We just take off like two months or a month or so for thanksgiving and christmas yeah but it's a big start children's parade is first and then the adults parade is the following weekend adults parade as you might guess it's a little bit more like mardi gras uh much more adult and alcohol focused but the children's event was really fun it was just a lot and with like young children we had a three-year-old and two six-year-olds with us and the three-year-old passed out halfway through, which was sort of amazing. And it was a little chilly, but the six-year-olds made it the whole time. But there was some meltdowns in the car on the way home. And I think we were all really happy when we actually got home. Even Ella, um, our daughter, said, I'm so happy we're going home at one point because even she realized, like, oh, man, we're just wiped out. Agreed. So we have about, what do you think, like 20, 20 30 pounds of bead? Yeah, too much. Now? 
So we just got to figure out what to do with those. Yep. If you're uh, willing to accept bee donations, please reach out to us. Leave us a rating <laughs> like and maybe a, in the review on the podcast. You like some free beads. <laughs> uh, that's right. Um, also, please uh, follow us on Instagram. Maybe you can message, we'll message you about where to pick up the beads from. Yeah. If you live in the hmm. Tampa Bay area, we will we will give you some free beads. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will drop them off somewhere at a pre-designated location. But seriously, guys, please provide ratings reviewed for the podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, you can let us know by sending us a DM on Instagram at the ATF Podcast. Uh, and also just visit addictedtofitness.lipson.com to see all 401 episodes. Anything else for him tonight? That's it. This has been another edition of the Addicted to Fitness Podcast, and we'll check you next time. Bye. For all things Addicted to Fitness, you can check out our website, addictedtofitnesspodcast.com. You can also give us a follow on Twitter, at The ATF Podcast, and like and follow the Addicted to Fitness Podcast Facebook page. Last but not least, please give us a rating and review in the iTunes store. Thanks. Thanks for stopping by and checking out another edition of the Addicted to Foot. The Footness. <laughs> it's the Addicted, addicted to, to Foot. foot. <laughs> uh.